Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We got a lot to get into. Full Monty for you right here with the uh, with this crew, with the whole crew. Also, we'll get into the NBA playoff review. Lakers get a big win over the Warriors. Knicks with a win over the Heat. We'll preview the game tonight. Celtics and 76ers. Uh, we'll also get into the big news coming out of Dallas. Micah Parsons uh, telling people that he is permanently moving to the edge spot to be the defensive end full-time edge rusher for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about what it means, uh, break down some of the X's and O's. Cowboys also uh, could look to add a free agent uh, at the wide receiver position. We'll get into that too. And the Texans, they did look at um, chemistry when trying to pair up a wide receiver and their newest franchise quarterback. We'll discuss that. And Rojo and Bijan getting a lot of love already. Just a few days after the NFL draft. Before we hit all of that, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Hard, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, brother? Man, it's another day. We're on the hump day edition of Ball Don't Lie midweek movie theme. Make sure y'all pay attention because we might need your help. But I think we're going to get it early this week. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro, as always. The closer we get to the weekend, the sweeter it is. (laughs) Uh, Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we're pretty damn sure that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. Watched some good basketball last night. Yeah, um, we did. I'm telling y'all, I, I think this series is going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be like a heavyweight fight. It's going to go back and forth. Uh, and it was a it was a great game. I mean, all the way up to the end, uh, we'll get into the win uh, for the Lakers in game one of the second round series versus the Golden State Warriors. LeBron facing off against Steph Curry. Uh, that is some uh, talking about epic showdowns in NBA history. So we'll get to that, break it all down. You can be a part of it. Matter of fact, you're the most important part of it. You're the heartbeat of it. You're the pulse. 512-337-3776. That's the best way uh, to hit us up. If you are in the Twitterverse, you can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse if you want to hit him up. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's get into it. Let's just start off with it because uh, there are a lot of layers to this game, this matchup uh, last night between the Warriors and the Lakers. Lakers get the win 117-112. to 112. A.D. Uh, was the star of the show. Uh, 30 points, 23 rebounds. Uh, he ended up with, five, five, I believe it was five assists and four blocks. Uh, he was a force on both ends of the floor, and it was really him that set the tone, uh, whether for the for the Lakers on the defensive end and on the offensive end. I believe uh, for the first half he was 9 of 10. Uh, from the floor in the first half, ended up uh, with a with 30 overall points. But he was uh, really the biggest difference maker, the force multiplier for the Lakers, Harge. And is there are other guys that played roles, and I, you talked about the role players stepping up, but there was nobody that played a bigger role and was a bigger difference maker than Anthony Davis. No doubt about it, and that was the biggest uh, part of our conversation yesterday before we left here 
We said we expect a lot from Anthony Davis. This is why you pair up a LeBron James with an Anthony Davis because you wanted to have that level of success, and he's been very important to it. But the problem is, what are we going to get next game? Yeah, you got the first one. But he's so inconsistent. That's true. What do we call him? Street clothes. Street clothes is very inconsistent. But this is the time for him to build his resume. This is the time for him to show up and say, hey, I am here for the long haul. I'm going to be here for this team, and I'm going to do everything I can. I know a lot of people question me. I know a lot of people come after oh, me. But this is the reason why you're brought in. Those are valid cr- criticisms yeah, no doubt. AD so far. No doubt. Um, and honestly, he's one of the best – Examples of load management paying off. Oh my if, goodness! If he, if he can, yeah, if he stays out there, not going to work. Yeah, him, yeah. At Patrick calls him street clothes. Uh, but yeah, it, th- to me, you know, if he can stay healthy and LeBron James can just supplement where needed, you won't wear down LeBron. The, the the beauty of the Lakers' recipe to win is that they do have two bona fide superstars. Yes, they do. Now, you know, LeBron is an aging superstar, but he's still got goat status. Mm-hmm. He's a superstar. AD. It's just an inconsistent superstar Very much who, so. for different reasons, hasn't been able to play consistently, especially you know deep runs, of course, until their championship run uh, during that bubble season into the playoffs. But, man, if he can just be consistent, uh, and I'm not saying you're going to get 30 and 23. Right, That's right, a lot. Right. That's a lot. Right? But, if you could, like you said, if you just get AD playing at the high, basically at his highest level, yep. game in and game out, if you can get that, man, the Lakers – pretty much going to win this series because it's so much tougher on the Warriors because they don't have another superstar. Right. They got stars with Steph. He's a superstar, but they don't have anybody that can kind of take over a game like that. The Lakers got two of those guys. Yeah, and I mean, even if Anthony Davis doesn't have that game again, as long as the effort that he put forth in this game is still there, yeah. he can make, be a huge impact because we saw defensively he was blocking shots. He was he was disrupting. Yes, defensively, it was as big of an impact as those twenty three the twenty three rebounds and thirty points. Agreed. It, it was de- defensively. It's that effort that he needs to keep putting out there because what we'll see is he'll get in his own head. He'll miss a couple of little bunnies. He'll miss a couple of shots up front and knock it a foul call. He likes and he'll get in his own head and then you'll see him sitting at the end of the bench and not being in the huddles and not being in it. So it comes down to him being ready for it and then LeBron and Darvin Ham to make sure that he is continually involved in everything and get him back into it. So when he feels like – because we saw in the playing game when he goes to the bench in overtime, or maybe it's the first round, when he goes to the bench and he's at the end of the bench and then they go to overtime and all of a sudden he's playing well again Mm -hmm. and they got him back engaged. It's like it's possible to get him back. You just have – you can't let him sit and simmer – and his own disgust of how he's playing. Yeah, you have to get him back in these games because you saw in that how valuable he is on both sides of the court. Well, here's the other thing too. You look at the other side of the ball, and and you try to figure out what's next for this team. Clay and Steph were 19 of 49 and 12 of 29 from three as a squad. And you look at those numbers, and you're like, oh, they were good. No, they're volume scoring. That's exactly what it is. They didn't even get to the free throw line, really. Well, they they were, shot yeah. six free throws yesterday as a squad. Yeah, because they, they shot 53 <laughs> exactly. three-pointers as a squad. So Ridiculous. you're right. I mean, they were so lopsided. Well, yeah. and give the Lakers credit, great. It was kind of a great you know, kind of game plan for the mm-hmm. Lakers. They decided to just roll the dice. Which is that was that's a very risky proposition that you're gonna let the Warriors 
shoot themselves yeah. out of it. Well, and, and it was dominate the paint. Well, let's be clear. It wasn't shoot the Warriors shoot themselves. It was everyone but Steph Curry because they would double Steph and play heavy on Steph. Yep. yep. And he's still going to get his because he's Steph Curry. But everyone else, they were leaving open. Yeah, but Steph was going in, I believe going into, he had 13 points on his first 14 shots. Yeah. So that ain't playing work, but essentially the Warriors were so obsessed with those, with with the three-point shots, and they had had room, they had space. They were giving them space because they had some open shots, and they hit a lot of them too, I believe. Ultimately, they were 21 of those. Yeah. They were twenty one of fifty three. Yeah. So they ended up. They hit a lot of those, but they got almost. They were so lopsided. They almost no offensive presence in the paint. <laughs> and, and even to your point about the free throws. So you go look at it. The Golden State Warriors basically outscored the uh, the Lakers by forty five points from three point range. Because the Lakers, you were go look six of twenty five. Six of twenty five. <laughs> right. They were terrible from three point 24%. range. Twenty four percent. So you also going from, from by. Uh, but look at that points in the paint. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the Lakers outscore the Warriors by what twenty six points in the paint. Yep. yep. Right. You're cle- creeping closer, and then you go look at the free throw line, mm-hmm. and they outscored by what twenty points in the twenty five of twenty nine. It was twenty five of twenty nine, and the Warriors were five of six, so I outscored them yep. by twenty points on the free throw line. Which is your difference? That's your game. Yep. I yep. mean, that was a, was a five is one seventeen to one twelve. Yeah. So essentially, that's your game. The Warriors they did they hit they hit their three point shots and they made some money out there, but not enough. And they didn't supplement the offense enough from the free throw line and trying to get in the paint. Just so y'all know too, because Vegas built those buildings on purpose. The over under was two twenty seven. Hmm. <laughs> it's amazing to me. And they remember, the first half they weren't playing good. Neither team. They weren't play, they were not shooting the ball that great. You talked about Steph coming out being hot at the very beginning of the game, but then he cooled off for a little bit. But then you had oh, yeah, Jordan no, was, Poole. Yeah, Jordan did. Poole being able to come out and do what he was able to do. But let's get to the to the last shot. With man. ten seconds left. Oh, I man, let me just tell you, I do not want to be Jordan Poole in film room today. I mean, he had so much room to uh, to get closer. I know he was cooking. I know he was shooting the ball well, and he was scoring the last parts of the points for them. I think he scored the last twelve points. You six of eleven. But the thing about it is, in that situation, if I'm going to lose, I want to get the ball back to Steph Curry. I'm getting the ball back. I understand, and Steve Kirk, credit to him for being the professional that he is, looking at his team and covering for his player. But y'all all know deep down, he's like, bruh, you couldn't, you, you couldn't take a couple dribbles? You couldn't get a little bit closer? Get in you, rhythm? Get in rhythm? Because that looked like a push shot. Yeah, that he was wasn't even forward. a jump shot. He's leaning forward. Yes. No, it, it was terrible. And, and the problem is, if it's just that, and you go, man, it sucks that you took that one bad shot. He took probably seven really bad shots in yeah, that game. I agree. I and agree. so if you're saying, like, multiple times you heat-checked yourself, and you you basically hit two in a row once, yeah. and then you heat-checked yourself the rest of the game. Yeah. Like, man, you ain't on fire. It's that he is him. He kept thinking he, he is, is him. him. Okay, yeah. like, you're not. Yeah. You're not even close right now. That's Steph Curry. Steph Curry is him. You not, not you. No. And he kept heat checking himself the whole game. That's what I said, man. I would hate to be in film room today because the whole room is just not, it's just laughing at him. Because you just want to go, all right, tell me what you're thinking here where you're eight feet behind the three point line. Oh, my God. Turned, not squared up. And you think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just turn real quick and throw it up. That's my shot. This is a couple of those early in the yeah. game. 
and that's he it. Hit and like two pick- of those early in the game. I remember then I was like, well, he, his form was all terrible, but oh, he hit him. So and awful. he thought, I'm hot. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. It got me where I need to oh. be, dog. And I don't get how you could be hot in the second quarter and then in the fourth quarter be like, ah, I feel it's coming back. Like, <laughs> 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 it was just brutal. But I mean, we saw and we saw Draymond Green came out on his podcast today and of said that he played he horrible. He said he was awful and he needs to be better in this series. But you're like, man, if you have the problem is if you're trying to go out there and guard LeBron James and he's going to be a distributor more than a scorer, it's going to be real hard for you to have an impact in this series because you're not the offensive player that's going to kill them. If they're playing the Matador, let's let Draymond Green shoot as many times as he wants offense defense, then you're you're going to have problems in this series. I think what we saw at the end of the game, though, was Draymond Green kind of challenging LeBron to shoot more and taking away driving from him and making him a three-point shooter. It seems like that's going to be their plan going forward because he yeah, just he shot really poorly in that well, game. He's been LeBron's been shooting really poorly the entire playoffs. Yes, so <laughs> yeah, so I think that's yeah. they're going to have the well until you start hitting threes. Which I mean, you did that with Jordan Poole. The Lakers did it with Jordan Poole, and it worked out because he just kept shooting them, yep. even though they weren't going in. Clay Thompson wasn't hitting a huge clip of them either. And so if you say we're we're just going to leave you open, we know it's going to take you a little bit more out of rhythm because you can't tell that we're. You're not used to getting this much room. Mm. That that's I feel like you have to start doing that with LeBron because he was just torching Draymond, and then Anthony Davis is torching Looney in the post. Yep. And if if both those guys are getting torched, and they're your two best defensive players, that's a problem. You got pro- yeah, you got issues. It was it it, it was actually a game that it, it was so lopsided in so many statistical ways. Um, I, here's a little stat for you. Um, the free throw attempts by the Warriors, six free throw attempts. Six. Six, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the the fewest free throw attempts when taking at least 53-point shots in a game all time. That's Playoffs or regular season. That's how lopsided it was. The previous was seven by the Warriors, by the way, against the, the Thunder. But it's – so, man, that's crazy. Yeah. To be that lot, and, and it, I think they've won some of those matchups where it's been that case. But they've probably hit more of those three pointers. Twenty one is not enough. Right? They need more if they're gonna shoot fifty three of them. Yeah. Or and they, or they need to get to the to the free throw line because even Steph, I mean, they denied Steph uh, any really any lane to the paint. He really right. couldn't get shots up in the paint like he did versus Sacramento. Sacramento, he got to the lane a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And was able to, you know, he's he. We talk about him being the greatest three point shooter of all time, which he is. But he's also a great shot maker. He is. He creates his own shots, yeah. and he's good with the handle. He's, he can create space, and he can get to the lane. Yeah. Here's the thing. Jared Vanderbilt, and I don't think a lot of people are giving him enough credit. Oh, yeah. He had he, – when he was guarding uh, Steph, he contested 92% of the shots. Steph was 2 of 10, 1 of 5 from 3, and he had two steals. Mm-hmm. So he was pressuring – Steph because of his length and he understood he understood assignment. You know what I'm saying? This is the thing that we were talking about before we left yesterday. I kept saying this is the time where you know your role and you worry about what your role is. And we need to give some love to Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder came off the bench and he was able to score and play good defense as well. So that was a plus plus for those guys on the Lakers side. But the reality of it is I don't know if if uh, Golden State can win the series because I'm with you, Rod. I know a lot of people are still looking at Golden State and saying they're going to win the series and they believe that they still can. 
But if Golden State is only going to shoot six free throws in a game and live and die by the three that much, mm-hmm. this could be a long series for them because they're slow and steady. The Lakers are just slow and steady because they can't get they can't keep up. Yeah. Well, and yep. if you're gonna if you're gonna live and die by the three, that's not good threes. They're giving you three pointers. Yep. And you're deciding to take a harder shot for no reason because they're letting you have them. Yep. And you're still taking the harder shot. That's where you have to go in today and just go, guys, why? why would, the guy's yeah. five feet off of you, and you shoot the ball four feet behind the line. Exactly. Get up to the line. It's a much easier shot. And attack, Take a dribble. Take yeah, and take a dribble. And, and push <laughs> your point, maybe get rhythm. Yeah. And maybe you'll get maybe you'll get a foul call, too, and yep. maybe you'll get to the line. Yep. And, I mean, we look, we gave flack to Celtics on Monday after Monday's game for only getting 10 fouls. The Lakers only got 12 fouls in this game. Yep. The difference is the Lakers had 10 blocks. Like, there's a difference. If you have a guy like Anthony Davis who can just reach out and pick the ball out of the air as many times as he did, and you have guys that are going in and playing really good Vanderbilt, playing good defense and getting hands in the air, then you can foul less. You don't have to play as aggressive because you were playing smart basketball. It was impressive to see them really shut down the paint on a team that really, really likes to drive. Steph Curry is one of the best at laying the ball in, getting around, and and avoiding contact and getting and getting shots up, and he just could not do it with any sort of rhythm in that yep. game. Yeah, no, he is he's a magnificent like trickster uh, when yeah. he gets into the lane. Like just he the angles so he he really does. He had how about this? He had twelve shots in the paint versus Sacramento in Game Seven, and he was eight of twelve on those twelve shots in the paint. He had, he had only six shots in the paint. Uh, it was two of six yeah. in the game last night. So he, he couldn't even get a shot up in the paint. They were really aggressive, and most of that was because of AD's presence. So it's going to be interesting to see what the adjustment is because the Lakers did a good job of just – it's a gamble because I'm, you know, I'm with Patrick. I think if the Warriors just move up a, a, you know, a step or two and, mo- and a lot of those threes that they mm-hmm. decide to just kind of launch up, uh, you know, kind of lackadaisically, they could end up, you know, I mean, it's the greatest three-point shooting team of all time. I mean, that's the thing right. is if you say you're shooting 45-50% instead of just under 40%. 39, what, 39%? Yeah, yeah, so if you're shooting 45-50% in this series because you're just taking better threes. 42% would have won you game. Yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying you're shooting 45-50 because you're just taking better shots and you're yeah. a good three-point shooting team. Now the Lakers have a real problem because now they have to start coming back out on you. And now Anthony Davis has to respect his players, and he has to get out of that paint, which now opens up the paint for yep, you. Yep. But as long as you're not hitting and they can just sit back and kind of protect the paint, it's going to be a problem for this this Warriors team. You have to hit your three. Well, when Looney and Green were on the floor at the same time, that's There's what no the Lakers threat. exposed. No, no threat. Yeah, so they, yeah, no they, they, they got to spread the floor yeah. out a little bit better. Well, and and I'm sure Green can do it. But. supposed to be a three-point shooter. Exactly. And he has, <laughs> at stretches this season, yeah. made teams pay because – there was a point, a lot of points during the season where teams will basically not guard him, yeah, and stand seven, eight feet back and play help defense against or try and double on Steph Wall. Draymond Green has the ball, and he was making him pay earlier in the season. He just did not seem to be. He had no incentive to do that. He was driving, but taking off for layups outside of the zone. So it's just a harder shot than if you get down there and you contest. If you're a physical guy, you want to go create contact and lay the ball up where you know where you're going with it. He didn't want to do that either. Just he needs to figure out a way to be more effective on the offensive end because we saw and we saw the Lakers, they pulled out Vanderbilt at the end of that game, and yep. that's when the Warriors go on the run. And so it's like Vanderbilt has to find a way to be better offensively too, so he doesn't have to come out of this game because defensively he's been huge. 
So both teams have that one guy that's in there for defense, but is going to have to figure out a way to be offensive just so they can stay in the game. Warriors yeah. were 13-0 and all-time when hitting 15 or more three-pointers than the opposing team. Yep. That that was their first loss. Well, so there's they, been, a, there's I, I been think, a lot of different uh, milestones for yeah. Golden State this year, whether it's their road record. Now you're giving us that stat. They've had their ups and downs. I, I think that they probably believe this is an outlier. That, what's like Patrick is saying, guys, if – for you know, we we take six or seven of those three pointers, and we either take a dribble and two two steps up, or yeah. we make the extra pass, or here or there, we you know we get to we get above forty percent, we get mm-hmm. to forty two to forty five percent. If you're there, you win this game. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, it's just so they because they that they've proven to do that. So I don't know if they're going to change up their game plan that much. They, I think they're going to tweak some things, but they're going to just be more efficient from behind the three point line. The Lakers are going to give them that the greatest three point and most prolific three point shooting team in NBA history. They're going to take it. I, I also oh, think they're sure. going to have to. They're going to change up their defensive mindset and and their offensive attacking a little bit. And the fact that I think they were still kind of in the Sacramento Kings mindset of how they were going to get officiated. And they, you're like, dude, y'all no. were more famous and more well-known and known these officials all more than anybody on the Kings. So you, right. you're going to get the benefit of the doubt on a lot of these calls. Now you're playing LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Those calls change. Yeah, stars because you're, like, you're playing against big stars on the other side, mm-hmm. and they just did not seem to adjust to how the referees were calling this game at all. And it shows when you look at how many free throws were shot. I, I love that. Uh, did you guys hear the clip where they do the in-game audio of the coaches? And both of the coaches said the same thing. Steve, they, they both said, "Hey, hands up! We defend. Yeah, hands yeah. up! Let them yep, see hands! Yep. Let them see hands!" Ham said the same thing, and Kerr said the same thing because I think they kind of saw what you yeah. saw, Patrick. Like, now nah, they're officiating this game differently, and you know, team both teams need to adjust to the way that, that the officials are officiating this game. Yep. So much star power involved. Yeah, That's it was funny. There it. was a big three in there later in the game, and I saw Steve Kerr stick both his hands up. And for a minute, you're like, is he celebrating? You're like, oh, no, no. He's, <laughs> he's just like, like put his your hands up. Yeah, no. get, your hands up, get your hands up. No, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, one of the – and speaking of officiating, the Lakers, you know, I did some research. During the regular season, they were the third best team in the NBA at drawing fouls in the regular season. Um, and they got fouled the least uh, often of any team in the NFL, while the Warriors, um, they got to the line less often than just like 28 teams. So they didn't get to the line that often, and they fouled their opponents more than the NBA average. So this was just an exacerbated, extreme uh, example of it in game one, but that does track with what we know about the Lakers and the way they play and how – Honestly, like Patrick said, the way they're officiated, right? They, I mean, that just. I'm not saying that there's. I'm not saying conspiracy stuff and all that. Don't, oh. don't give me. Something. I'm just saying stars are officiated differently than jabronis in the league. That's every damn league. Hey, by the most of the plays at, are in the paint. That's hey, what I'm saying. I will say, going there. These refs called a travel yeah. on LeBron James in the fourth quarter, and I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card. And he didn't, <laughs> he, he didn't complain. No, because he, he normally yeah, because he normally <laughs> travels. Yeah, but yeah. Like, he's like, ah, I got it. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, yeah. He was like, I, that did feel like a lot of steps, didn't it? But it you did. know what was, was on like, your bingo card? Technical for Draymond Green. <laughs> I told y'all that before yeah. we left. I said, I guarantee that's, you he gets yeah. one tonight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's expected right there. Yeah, for sure. He didn't get out of control, though. No, he, uh, he, was, he, was, he was every time tamed. he plays LeBron, he wants to be in the game. He mm-hmm. wants to be engaged. There was one play 
early in the game where he fell to the ground and he jumped up and was complaining and he said, he pulled me to the ground. He pulled me. Nah, we went back and watched the replay. That was all you, Draymond. Hey. That was all you. Draymond know how to play it. Oh, yeah. He's got he a lot of savvy. He didn't get the call. You got them savvy vets in this series, man. They know how to fall. Yeah. LeBron did one. Uh, what was it? I think it was Looney. He knocked the ball out of bounds. LeBron was trying to get oh, him. Oh, trying to pretend like his head was exploded. <laughs> He was, oh. I was like, oh, my God, he hit him across the head. And my son was like, come on. He was like, Dad, that's LeBron. Yeah, because like, he that, didn't touch him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and LeBron's like, always doing this. Uh, yeah. Like Am I bleeding? bleeding? Am I bleeding? <laughs> now nah, he's seeing if that did. fake hair came off. <laughs> oh, hey, man. my hair's still here? My fake hair's still here? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you got savvy vets, man, so it's going to yeah. be a great series. I, I'm hoping that it goes seven. I, I do think it'll go at least six. I do think you'll get a, you get dramatic swings back and forth. Yeah. But, I mean, the truth is, that was competitive down the fourth quarter. That 14-0 run, I'm sure, had Lakers fans scared. It did. Oh, yeah. that, it, that, it did. Yeah, exactly. It, did. it seemed like, oh, it did. man, here it had we go. me real nervous. Yeah, that 14 0 run. Nervous. But then the Lakers, they, they were steady. Yeah. Like you said, they, 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 they were able to weather the storm. And because they, they got such, you know, they got LeBron, they got AD, they got some savage. They did not look panicked at all. They did not. Yeah. They did not at all. So uh, Lakers get the win in game one. And of that's that a big series. win for Darvin Ham, too. That's a big win, a win for him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. So you sit there and you look at. What he's gone through, how the beginning of the season, they made some moves that could finally come in and help him. You talked about him early. Uh, D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell played well. He did. He did. He shot the ball, but he's still a liability on defense. So that's going to be something to pay attention to as the series goes on. But he, too, like uh, uh, Anthony Davis, those second and third games, you don't know which one you're going to get. You, you have to be consistent in this run right here. But the best part about it all, they have Steph and and the Lakers have LeBron. So those are your your calming voices that will be able to be consistent for your guys as they move on. Yeah, Lakers. Uh, but yeah, Lakers supporting cast played well, very yeah, well. You're right, they played really well. I mean, you talked about only J- won by four points though. They did. I mean, I think this. <laughs> I, I mean, think, five points. Yeah. They, this game is going. I think this series is going to be like that. But you talked about Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, he was only two of seven, but in his 26 minutes, six rebounds, two assists, mm-hmm. two blocks, two steals. Really effective uh, in the, uh, the short time that he played. And you start looking at the other guys like uh, D'Angelo Russell. You brought him up. Dennis Schroeder, 19 points yep. off the bench too. And he was really good in guarding Steph. Yes, he I was. I saw that steal that half court. That was clean. May, very, uh, very uncharacteristic Never to of a like guy that. like Steph Curry, who's got yep. unbelievable handles. And Steph actually led the Warriors in turnovers. Like, he handles the rock mm. so much. They expect it for him, but he doesn't turn the ball over, even with the usage being as high as it is. So they were able to to bother him. Yep. They were able to. I mean, he still got his. He's Steph. He got 27 points, but they bothered him. You got five turnovers, which are, 20, which are 27 points. Um, with Steph, I think that's job well done. Did y'all notice that Hachimura's kind of calmed down a little bit? Remember he had that big game mm-hmm. early in the playoffs and everybody's like, oh, look at this guy. And then all of a sudden he's he's very inconsistent when it comes to making big plays for them. So that's something I'm going to be paying attention to moving forward as well. Yeah. Um, Austin Reeves, I mean, he was okay, but he wasn't great either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that you're right, though. That, it's a thin line uh, right here between the uh, the Warriors and the uh, the Lakers. Uh, but I, I will get in, we'll get back into this conversation, of course, a little bit later on. Uh, just real quick, we didn't talk about it 
um, a lot yesterday, but the uh, Knicks with the big win, we did get into the injury. No Jimmy Butler. Uh, Knicks able to win it 111 to 105. Guys, even without Jimmy Butler, hell, I mean, Miami Heat were in this game. Yeah, they should have won the game, actually. They controlled the game, yep. most of the game. Yep. Uh, but the Knicks were able to pull it out. Jalen Bronson had a huge performance, 30 points um, in that game. Yep. Julius Randle returned, too. That was big for him. Uh, 25 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. He had a big game, too, and the Knicks were able to get a much-needed victory. My homeboy texted me during the game. Uh, he said, man, I miss Jalen Brunson uh, more and more every single day because he was he's a Mavericks fan. He got yeah. season tickets to the Mavericks. He's like, every time I watch him play, I get a tear in my eye because I miss him so much in Dallas. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they were – yeah, I mean, that, that's a debate about whether they would have been – in it, truly in contention to acquire they, him just because right. of his connections to the Knicks. Well, they, when they could have signed him on that original offer. When, early on. Early yes, on. If yes. they would have signed him then, then he would have been on one of the best deals in the NBA yeah. right now. Right. I, and I mean, look, I, I was with the Mavericks too. I did not think he was going to be this guy either. Uh, so I, I can't blame them. But yeah, it would have been eh. been huge. How do, you, how do you almost lose a game? Jimmy Butler's out. Jimmy Butler. He's him giving the middle finger to the crowd. As he was leaving? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I love it. Jimmy going to be Jimmy. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Hey, man. Hey, man. If I, can't, if I can't hit some shots, I'm going to do this. Right? No, man. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, so they yeah, they they wouldn't have been able to pull that game out, the Knicks, with Jimmy Butler being you know on the sideline. That would have been, I think, a uh, that would have been trouble. Yeah. I think, to me, that had been that spelled doom and gloom. That would have been doomsday for them. Um, they might have been swept, potentially, if they couldn't pull out a game against Miami without Jimmy. Man, but Miami – what they've done is amazing. Right. That's the thing that, about it. What they've it. done as a, right. yeah, an organization is crazy. Remember, we were talking trash about Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry is out there balling and keeping them in ball games. And for me, if I'm the Miami Heat, that gives me a lot of encouragement, sitting there saying we almost won this game and we didn't even have our guy. You know what I'm saying? We were in the ball game and we would definitely win this if he was in there. And they're still doing this without Tyler Hero. I don't know if they they get there with Tyler Hero. I think some of the other guys have stepped up and made some good plays. Douglas says what was Douglas Doug Doug Robinson? Is that his name? The fifty five Douglas, Douglas Robinson? Robinson. Yeah, he's out there shooting the ball well. He's getting a chance to play because remember he was a forgotten man yeah. for a while. And then when the injury happened, he got some more run and he's starting to feel his his rhythm again. So yeah, I, I'm scared of this one because I took New York in this series, but. If when Hemi comes back, because he is him, hmm. I'm a little worried. Take, I'm not gonna lie. Take Pop out of it, Patrick. What do you rank Eric Spolstra among head coaches in the league? <laughs> take Pop out. Of it. Well, uh, currently, Pop, Pop is the goat anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah currently yeah. in the league. Yeah. I mean, he's he's up there. Steve Kerr's up there. He's like, yeah, yeah. But it's it's top it's like three. Top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to be. He's so, got to yeah, be. No, yeah, he, he didn't get enough props, man. But uh, now I think people are starting to realize. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, the on three quarterback rankings. They ranked the best quarterback rooms in the country. We'll tell you where they have them Longhorns ranked. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, one of four, the horn. Oh, bring it to me. 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is the uh, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack that inspired him for one reason or another, plays those selections for Harge and I, and based on these selections that are played, uh, we're supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And, man, who's Sam Cooke? Ooh. Sam Cooke. Wow. I believe on Craigway's music survey... Um, I think it may, I forgot where Sam Cooke was on it. It was like, basically, uh, I think that was a question about or at least a category of the basically artists that all-time underrated artists or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Somewhere that, because he was obviously was taken from us too soon. Uh, but, man, people don't appreciate Sam Cooke. All-time great soul singer, soul artist. Yeah, I can see that. Soulful, soulful. But it was a lot of soul. Like it was like yeah, it was like a lot of soul before soul yeah. kind of came a thing. Uh, all right, uh, love Patrick always DJing a midweek movie music edition. All right, hard. You got anything? You got any suggestions? I'm just gonna throw to it out Sam there. Cook? Is it um, Ray? It is not Ray. No, that's good. Okay, it's not bad at all. Yeah. All right. I'm not gonna give anything. I mean nothing. Anyway, I, mean, I need some help. What do you mean? I mean, <laughs> I need some help, dog. I need, give me, give me. You might spark something in my mind. I don't really have anything. It's just Sam Cook, so I don't really know. I don't, I don't really have a soundtrack that I have heard a lot of Sam. Cook the biggest on. question is: Was something released? You know, how Patrick likes to give us something that was. I know it likes to be. Years. Sometimes it's yeah relevant yeah. around the time. I don't keep up with stuff like that. I can't. You know, okay. I got too much going on. Well, I didn't on. see anything from CB today either. <laughs> see, that's how I see. That's how hard he gets to jump on. Hard is researching what comes out around his time. Researching. Yeah. He's he's yeah. doing preparation. Yeah, I'll admit, I do not do prep for that at all. I just kind of let that fly. Uh, but yeah, you're right. If I probably did some prep, maybe I I'd have a better idea. No, no, Thank no. you. So I should do that. Uh, all right, let's get into this own three quarterback rankings list so it's not quarterback ranking it's actually quarterback units so quarterback rooms yeah, yeah, no. uh, the quarter the best and uh, highest ranked quarterback rooms in the country they just do 10 on three does 10 at number one they have usc makes sense caleb williams is the projected number one overall pick and that's all you need in your room that yeah <laughs> that alone gonna make your room <laughs> the number one rank is the highest ranked room you're damn right. right but it also brings up that uh behind the reigning Heisman winner. You have Miller Moss, a former blue chip recruit, and a five-star freshman, Malachi Nelson. Yep. And the truth is, I mean, Lincoln Riley's kind of like, you know, Dr. Dre. I mean, if Dr. Dre said, I, I like this artist. I want to work with this artist. His artist yep. is damn good. Or Khaled. Or Khaled. Uh, but more Dre, because nah, it's Khaled. Okay. Did you just you just put DJ Khaled in the same People conversation love Khaled. People but Dr. Dre Khaled. is an all-time great Yeah, it doesn't have to shout his name for people to know who it is. Yeah, you can't be putting him in the same conversation. with He is good, but you can't put him in the same conversation with Dre. Dre is in a class by himself. Dre's a He's goat. Quincy Jones. Dre's a goat. I, if I were to say Quincy Jones, would that be yes. all right? All right. Well, let's good go Quincy Lord, Jones. DJ Khaled. Oh, he's man. the best. You, well, you, you ask him. <laughs> he's the best. You ask him. Goodness. But, yes, getting back to it, Quincy Jones, thank you. Better example. Right. If one of those guys said, hey, man, this artist is a great artist and I want to work with them, everybody would flock uh, yep. you know, to Google to search and figure out who that person is. That's Lincoln Riley with quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley decides, I like a quarterback. I'm going to recruit a quarterback. That quarterback's likely to be really damn good. And if they're not good, then the people are going to give him the benefit of the doubt at least.
because he's and they're going to make him go play somewhere else. Yeah, multiple first round, first, uh, number one overall pick, number excuse me. Number one. Uh, and uh, Jalen Hurts, who wasn't a first round pick, he was a second round pick, but now is the second highest paid quarterback annually in the league. And he was like Ricky Williams, had the, had the record for the highest paid for a short period of time, Man. and then he got trumped. That, yeah, he yep, did. Yep. Yeah, Ron Dane. That, that, yeah, yeah. that didn't last long at all. I'm, uh, you know what? I'm sure the cash yeah. consoles him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, he's all right. Uh, LSU, guys, with the second highest-ranked quarterback room, according to On3. Um, he said they say here that uh, with two very viable options in Jaden Daniels and mm-hmm. Garrett Nussmeyer, uh, Daniels continues to show growth as a passer and leader, while Nussmeyer, who lit it up in the SEC championship, would be the most sought-after transfer quarterback if he ever decided to enter. And Daniels the was the kid from uh, Arizona, Arizona State. State. Yeah, yeah, I liked him. Yeah, me too. He was a good player coming out. And, I mean, and we know Brian Kelly's just a hell of a football coach. He's a ball coach. All right. You That's can why he say was that about excited. His co- he was excited yeah. to go to LSU because now he can compete with the big boys. Yeah, you can say what you want about his personality. Yeah, Coaches yeah. don't like him. They don't want to follow him. Uh, and he wasn't que- part of the family. Exactly. His yeah. questionable Southern accent <laughs> that came out of nowhere. All those things are valid criticisms and concerns. But one thing he can do is coach ball. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Uh, they got Texas, gentlemen. Number three ranked quarterback room in the country. Uh, of course, Quinn Ewers um, is the starting quarterback for the Longhorns uh, and obviously a returning starting quarterback for the Longhorns. But what Malik Murphy showed in the spring game, and uh, we talked about this and played yep. sound from on three college football analysts and 247 sports analysts uh, as well who were analyzing Texas spring game and said they – well, hypothesize that he could basically be a starting quarterback for several Power Five programs, and even hinted it for Alabama right now. If Malik, if Malik Murphy wanted to go to Alabama, which is having quarterback issues, yeah, they are, they are. That he might end up winning that damn job. And well, I don't disagree don't. with that. I'm glad he's not yet. No, he's not because the transfer portal closed. And it opens again, though. Yes, it does. It the does transfer portal give it, then it takes it away. But right now, <laughs> I love it. He's in. Yeah. He's I mean, in. I'm glad to see it because we've all talked about Malik, and he's been that one uh, player that everybody's been talking about. Man, what does he look at him? He, oh my gosh, just I want to see what he looks like on the field. And he finally gets on the field, and then he shows us everything that we thought we were going to see mm-hmm. because the expectation was so so high. But yeah, I like the fact that Texas is in this situation. But you start looking through all the other quarterbacks and. There are some questions with some of the other quarterbacks throughout the league and throughout the nation. So them being there that high, what the projection is for Quinn Ewers. We've already talked about the way too early mock mm-hmm. um, mark draft positioning and Quinn being in it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that puts him right in that middle of that conversation. And then, of course, Arch Manning being the five-star that he is, they've already looked at him and said, okay, this is a good locker room or quarterback room. Um, yeah, they don't even mention just there's a third string quarterback yeah. currently. Yeah, there right? is. Austin High? Yeah. Okay. Charles Wright? Yeah, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. Still, he's still there, right? He's still there. They don't mention him on here at all. Well, because, I mean, they're looking at some of the other things that we saw. Is they're assuming that Arch is yeah. going to be the third string like project quarterback? But I, I imagine if, knock on wood, worst case scenario happens, you end up having to play a third string quarterback. I mean, I imagine it'd be. Charles, Charles Wright, Wright. And I, not I would, Arch Manning. I would think that. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, but they said they don't mention him. As, but he's another guy. Obviously, you add depth and experience to that quarterback room. Don't they we have, have Lord in there, too? Remember, we got that other kid that came in that played in the game as well. 
Yeah. No, he's uh, the other quarterback. Okay. Well, so. yeah, I mean, and Sark also, Sark's resume with quarterbacks, being known for being a quarterback mm-hmm. nurturer and a quarterback guru, that also adds to these quarterback rankings. There's no question at all. Lincoln Riley is a big reason why, you know, USC is ranked as high as they are because of his resume and his history with first-round quarterbacks and NFL quarterbacks. Sark also has a very impressive resume. Not as impressive as Lincoln Riley's right now, but you're talking about a guy who's worked with Tua, Worked to Mac Jones, first round quarterbacks, yep. uh, has a history working with guys like that. So he's he I, I I do think that's a big part of it. And there's belief that he will accelerate the development of Quinn Ewers. No doubt. Uh they have Drake May and now Carolina is number four on this list. I like it. I and like it. uh they have uh Oklahoma at number five. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest thing, you know, I was always a big like fan Dylan of Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Thought if he was healthy, they would have probably had a better season. But he ended up getting hurt. That's how football goes sometimes. And that's why they were looking at the fresh five-star freshman, Jackson Arnold, who I believe is out of the Dallas area as well. Um, he was a guy that was being highly recruited all over the nation. So that's why they would consider them being in there. And I believe there was a guy that uh, – McComas – that um, not Dustin McComas, there was another McComas that was on with B&E, and he was talking about there is some controversy that is going into the fall because a lot of folks are looking at Jackson Arnold and thinking, we got this five-star quarterback, let's give him an opportunity. But the coaching staff still looks at Dylan Gabriel as their bona fide leader. No, that's a good point. Um, and it goes over the best of the rest here, and he just talks about uh, Georgia, Oregon, Tennessee, UCLA, and Ole Miss. How do you feel about Oregon's quarterback room? I mean, we talk Bo, about Bo Nix. Bo Got Austin Alvisad. Alvisad is in yeah. there, too. So. And the – man, I forget his name. What is the offensive coordinator that went from UTSA to Oregon that used to be at Lake Travis? Oh, God. I've I, I, I got it on the tip of my tongue. Exactly. I can't think of it right now either. I I'm sure it. somebody on the Specs Taxon will give it to us. Uh, but I, he, I wonder because if, if I'm not mistaken – you know, the uh, the time he's been there at UTSA, most I mean, not most of it, all of it, I'm sure, was with the quarterback that was been there forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Who and and he's is he in the transfer portal or not? Is he is he out there? No, uh Harris? Yeah. No, he's still there. Okay. He's coming Frank back Harris? for another, another year. Another year. I yeah. like, so that's what people were watching to yeah. see if he might have tried to leapfrog with his OC at the time. Is it Will Stein? Will Stein, that's it. Will Stein. Will Stein and Jeff Trailer's son. Will yeah. Stein. So it's Will Stein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's up there. Um, so that didn't happen. So now I think they're focusing on just their Bo Nick situation. Good job with, with Will Stein. That was good. Austin Novoside. Yeah. Oh, it took me forever. Yeah. Well, he was the one that flipped Novoside from Baylor yes. to, to the Oregon Ducks. So at the last minute, came yeah. in and swooped in and got him. Hey, man. That's what recruit is about. That's what Chad it's all Morris about. is the name they're giving us on the text line. No, it's not Chad Morris. No, no, no. It's, it's, not, it's, yeah, Will, it's Will Stein. Stein. Yeah, but I, I know why they're saying the Chad Morris because he used to be at Lake Travis and he is a college offensive coordinator, but it's Will Stein. It's Will Stein. Yeah, because okay. he was the one that worked with uh, Hudson Card. Hudson Card. That's right? right. Yeah, yep. and everybody, yep. that's why everybody thought Hudson Card may What's try to follow there? him up there as yep. well. Um, all right, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Line 104. Tunes that you know and love so. Southern nights. 
All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick plays James from a particular soundtrack. Uh, and, and based on those selections, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of Midweek Movie Music. Okay. From Sam Zero Cook to this. Yeah, that took me way off. All right. I got nothing. Hard, you got another nothing, Hail Mary? Nothing. I, I'm, I'm punting. Oh, man. This seems like whatever movie it's for, this would be for us. This would stand out to me. Yeah. I wonder if I've seen this movie. I think you have. Ah, this wasn't a for sure. I know you have. No, yeah. it's not a for sure. Okay. I wonder think if I've yeah. seen the movie, actually. Okay. Uh, is it a sports movie? No. Okay. No. No. All right. Mm. All right. So maybe the spec sex line's doing better than we are. Uh, there's, there's a couple people who've gotten it. Already? Oh, really? Yeah. Good for them. Nice. All right. Okay. We'll uh, try to do better next time. Usually, uh, Patrick takes it easy on us when he starts off the 4 o'clock hour. That's usually the softball. If mm-hmm. we don't get that one. Then we weren't even close to the ballpark. Yeah, he just takes pity on us and just drops it for us. So, uh, all right, we'll get to that coming up next segment. But in the meantime, time for your flex, flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, Go check it out for yourself. Tonight, you got the Wednesday night flex. There it is. So the flex crew tonight will will have, yes, all of your flex updates. Uh, The crew, um, and they're deep, man. You got uh, Zach Lucero, I'm sure, is going to be here. Uh, Cameron always shows up to wreck shop a little bit. The seat. The seat. Nolan Hogan shows up as well. Um, Hell, even I've seen Ty a couple of times randomly come out and hang out. So uh, it's a lot of folks hanging out for the the flex, for the flex crew. So we appreciate all of their hard work. Um, So just go check out FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. And make sure you shout out to the softball girls. They're out there in the playoffs. They're getting it ready. Uh, Bowie, Vista Ridge, Dripping Springs, Round Rock, Eastview, Georgetown, Pflugerville, Elgin, Hayes, Liberty Hill, Fredericksburg. I don't even know if that's in our area. But Taylor as well are all into the second round of the playoffs. There you go. All right. Uh, My man, Harge, is actually – have you been to any – because the baseball season is almost done, right? They start playoffs Thursday, so So I'll be at some baseball games tomorrow. You're going to go to some playoff games? Yeah. Um, This is the senior year for a lot of the kids that I've known for a very long time. As Coach Harge? As Coach Harge. This will be the (laughs) last go for them. So I need to get out there and check them out before the season ends. All right. So uh, my man Harge always uh, working hard. So he'll have some uh, some flex updates for you about the baseball playoffs coming no up later on this week. All right. We come back. We'll get into the news coming out of Dallas that Michael Parsons going full time to the defensive end spot. Like also, it. Cowboys could be looking for solutions for wide receiver depth in the free agent market. Texans considering chemistry when drafting weaponry for their new franchise quarterback Rojo and Bijan get wave reviews already uh, at the NFL level just days after the draft and we'll talk about Randall Cobb to the Jets a ton of NFL news notes and nuggets on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn